G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or non-locally <laughs> overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the GOSS. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. Welcome to the Goss, guys. What's going on? How are you, Dad? Hey, hey good, Pete. Yeah. Have you been lost in the outback recently? <laughs> no, not recently. Good segue. Uh, it's always hard. Well, I'm always like- In do the I do bush rather than the outback. The outback's actually quite hard to get lost in, but um, yeah, getting lost in the bush. Well, yeah, they'll find you in the outback. It's just whether or not they can get to you. <laughs> yeah, and whether, yeah, and whether or not you survive the conditions. But, Stay with the car, guys. About. Stay with the car. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, this was a cool article that popped up on ABC News, where I get most of my news from. Getting lost in Australian bush can happen to anyone, but being prepared could save lives. So, I'll read the first little story here, which is about a guy called Trevor Salvado. He's probably um, of Brazilian or South American uh, heritage. Well, I guess Portugal, Spain as well. But anyway- Trevor Salvado is not the kind of person you'd expect to get lost in the bush. He's an experienced hiker who loves the outdoors and has been involved with search and rescue operations. But in 2019, Mr. Salvado and his wife, Jacinta Bohan, were on a hike in Victoria's Mount Buffalo National Park when things went very wrong. Quote, we were walking on the track and the bush was just getting thicker and thicker. And then we walked into a position where we couldn't see any more of the track markers. Uh, and with the scrub thickening up, we actually weren't quite sure which direction we'd come from. The couple stopped and spent five minutes having a chat, each convinced that they had come from a different direction. Um, then we just came to the conclusion, okay, we're lost. What do we do now? So, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting little story about them. Obviously, they, you know, spoiler, they, they got rescued. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but we, we had a recent touching story in the news too about a young kid, a three-year-old called Anthony A.J., Elphalak, who was a non-verbal, non-verbal autistic, autistic child yeah. who disappeared into the bushland. And I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, was he abducted or something? Because I think they searched for him for, was it three days? Three days. And they ended up finding him 200 metres away from where he'd gone missing in mm. a creek, in a puddle of water, just splashing his face and drinking the water. And it was yeah. like, it was a really touching scene because it was from the bird's eye view helicopter 
eye view where the helicopter had obviously found him and just kept the camera on him and that was going live to the news and you could just see him whilst he was waiting for the people to be shown where he was and yeah. get to him he was just in the water playing but it's crazy how much shit like that affects you once you're a dad of a young child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it changes your perspective. You know, <laughs> oh, my when God. You, you I know, almost when cried when I saw that. I, I was know, just, like, I imagining it was and Noah. I'm, I'm a, as, as your mother keeps saying to me, you're an old sook. You're a softie. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I, I fall apart you know, whenever there's a story about, you know, kids or partners or- and, Cats. And, you know, cats. You know, <laughs> Beer. You know, was in my early 20s and I, was, I thought I was, you know, Fairly empathetic and sympathetic to things. Um, but, yeah, you'd hear that story and you go, oh, that's sad. But now you just oh, go, man. oh, yeah. I look at it and go, what if that was my grandchild? You know? <laughs> oh, man. Not even that. But, yeah, just thinking about it, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucked. I was, you yeah. know, to, to go on a segue, I was reading that, um, that book. I think it was Trackers about the Indigenous trackers. Yeah. Um, that worked alongside the police. And the, I think it was something like 80 to 90% of their job back in the 1800s was just tracking down dumb white people who went yes. <laughs> bush and disappeared. <laughs> but there was one tragic story about two children who were walking, you know, obviously a huge distance in the time, but kilometres and kilometres. One of them was a two-year-old boy and the other one was a five or six-year-old girl. And they're walking from one place to another. I think they were, you know, going from school to home or whatever. Mm. And it's this story that I've had a few times now of just the older child getting pissed off that the younger child dawdling and taking forever and just says, well, you know, you're, fuck on, your own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> and then the boy just disappears. Yeah. And the the sort of tragic thing about that, not just the boy disappearing, was that the I think the Aboriginal um, tracker was like, you know what, I, I think I know where he's gone. And I think they ended up giving up um, because they were just like, yeah, he's dead now. You know, there's, there's no chance. It's, it's been a week mm. or something. And the Aboriginal tracker ends up going back to where the guy, the, the boy disappeared and ends up tracking him down and finding him in shelter in a cave up in a mountain that he just starved to death yeah. up there. And you're just like, God, like brutal, just brutal. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, anyway, getting lost in the bush, it's, it's a very common thing, especially along the uh, mm -hmm. East Coast here where you do have a lot of thick bush and it can happen even if it's not an incredibly remote area, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can. And look, these guys, these two, the couple, Trevor and his partner, um, they did the right thing. Um, yeah. You know, they were experienced enough. And I think that's part of the story is that, yes, you can be, you know, you can be lost, whatever that means, um, out in the bush. But if you're prepared in terms yep. of both carrying the right stuff with you and it's 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 water food equipment mostly protection um and that's clothing as much yep. as anything else um and uh, ideally um you want to have first aid of things with you as well because a lot of the times people get what we call lost is that the people are not lost they're just incapable of coming out yeah um so somebody you know just breaks trips over and sprains their ankle and they can't walk it doesn't have to be a particularly severe you know, life-threatening injury. It just means that you can't walk out. Mm. Um, and typically, the the best thing to do, and this is a this comes back to a, a combination of is it a rescue, is it first aid, or is it just bushwalking? Um, is that you typically you say, well, yeah, you should never go bushwalking by yourself. That's the first thing. Um, and secondly, you want you know more than two um, mm -hmm. because if somebody is injured. You should, and if they're badly injured, you need to leave somebody with the person as well as having somebody to walk out. Um, and then you look at it and go, well, then it should be four because you don't want somebody walking out by themselves. And then it becomes a you know, ridiculous argument of you know, just multiplication of, of 
risk factors. But I think that's the key point is that always assume that you're not going to get back in the time that you think you're going to get back in. Yeah. Always assume that the weather conditions are going to change and therefore you need to have food and water and shelter. You don't necessarily have to take machetes and everything to build shelters, but just have waterproof and warm clothing with you um, and things like a hat and sunscreen and stuff if it's going to be hot. Um, and the problem that we have in this case, it was you know, Mount Buffalo and you know, it's not going to get particularly hot there. Um, even in the middle of summer, it'll be hot, but during the day, the nighttime, it'll cool down. Mm. Um, and but it's you know, people don't realise how much water you go through in you know, in the heat. Um, and there's lots of stories of people getting, you know, particularly you know, cars breaking down or and so on, um, out in the outback uh, where it can be 50 degrees in the shade and there is no shade. Ironically, the only shade you'll have is the car that you've just broken down in. Yeah. So it's better to stay in the shade, and it's also better to stay with a big thing like a car where you've got you know particularly where you've got air-based search and rescue where they'll see you well, i saw but- i saw a story a while back about someone who was a marathon runner and yeah. you know had come from germany or something this is the and couple was- the woman was the marathon runner was it and yeah got, yeah and, and she ends up being like oh yeah i got this yeah. i'll just they run went back down to lake like- air and the track from the stewart highway to lake air is bad for- and i've been on it it's about 40 kilometers of sand track mm-hmm. um and under normal conditions, you can drive a bus down it. It's fine. Um, but they got to the car park at the end and got bogged. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get the vehicle out. And she was a marathon runner and she decided that, you know, it's only 40 kilometres. She wasn't going to run back. She said, it's 40 kilometres back to the main road. Mm, I got this. I'll make it. <laughs> and off she went. And she was carrying water. She was carrying a couple of litres of water. But you go through in under normal conditions in say 35 to 40 degrees you'll need at least a liter of water an hour when you're not exercising if you're then walking in it you're going to need to carry two so 40 kilometers the average person is going to walk that in about 10 hours Mm -hmm. so in 10 hours you're going to have to carry 20 kilograms of water with you and most people don't carry 20 kilograms of water with them let alone be able to carry 20 kilograms of water so stay with the resources that you have and the stupid thing with this one was when you know, they eventually were found, uh, she was found dead on the track. Yeah. And the car kept coming in, you know, figure you find a you know, person dead on the track. They kept coming in, found the guy. He was a bit de- dehydrated and, um, you know, and so on, but he was fine. Mm-hmm. And it took the person 30 seconds to get the car out. All you had to do was lower the tyre pressures yeah. and drive the car out. That must and- have been the most brutal part about it, where you exactly. realise you had the capability of, of- resolving yeah. the situation and someone not dying and then they die and that's that's the problem that we have in yeah with um tourists coming to australia they land in perth or darwin in particular and they go yeah you can you in darwin you can drive for 20 minutes and you're in the outback yeah um and uh, they hire a four-wheel drive when they get there they have no experience of driving with a four-wheel drive um, yeah, they might have an all-terrain vehicle that they you're an all-wheel drive vehicle in germany that they're driving on the autobahn but it's very different when you get off on sand and mud and so on, and they don't have the skills to drive in those conditions. So that's one part is just having the skills to drive and you know, emergency self-rescues are a big thing in the four-wheel driving community, and you need the experience to be able to do it. And often it's not difficult if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But the other well, thing and is- Just to pause you there quickly, if you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, there are plenty of courses that you can do, yeah, that are, you know, yeah. weekend courses, multiple day courses to learn how to drive four-wheel drive safely. Even if you don't have one, you can probably find 
courses yeah. where you can go along with other people and do all the exercises about how to get unbogged and mm-hmm. how to get over sand dunes, how to pump the tyres up or lower yeah. them. And the pumping the tyres one is is the classic one because mm-hmm. the best thing you can do in a four-wheel drive for almost anything is lower the tyre pressures. <laughs> and and have just, an air pump in your which car. Which just gives, <laughs> exactly, which just, the lowering the tyre pressure just gives you greater surface area of the tyre on the ground, which means that you get more grip and therefore you're more likely to get out. But if you have to lower them to the point where it is unsafe to drive, you then have to have a compressor in the car to pump the tyres up. And that's the first thing you should ask if you're hiring a four-wheel drive is, do you have an air compressor on board? Yeah. And you know, if not, insist that they have one before you get it. If you're just yeah. going to be driving on the roads, you're probably all right. But as soon as you go off-road, you need it. But, yeah, getting back to this, you know, the bush you know, stuff, in addition to the, you know, the water, food, equipment um, and um, first aid, the other things that, you know, that people really need to think about when you're going out is understanding the environment, knowing what the weather changes are likely to be. You know, I've been up in the high country, so-called high country, for those who come from North America, Asia or Europe. Is that um, behind you yeah. in the video here, Dad? Yeah, that is a little bit, yes. Yeah, that's high country. Well, high-ish country. That's halfway up. Mountain yeah, country. Yeah. Even the Victorian Alps, where we're up to, you know, 1,500, 1,600 metres high, and you can still drive there. So, you know, you're not out, you know, but you can go off on a bushwalk there. I've been up there in summer and it snowed. Yeah. And so you, you can be 35 degrees and then four hours or five hours later, it's snowing. Well, we so, had that with um, China recently, right, where they were doing yeah. uh, some crazy marathon run and all these people went up a mountain dressed for running a marathon and it ended up, suddenly having these sort of like cyclonic, crazy blizzard conditions exactly. and a whole bunch of them ended up freezing to death. Yeah. And so that's something you need to take into consideration. You don't just assume, oh, I can go walking around in a T-shirt and shorts and yeah, running shoes. She'll be um, right, mate. Yeah, yeah she'll be right. Uh, <laughs> because, and you might go, I'm only going to walk for a couple of hours, um, yeah, an hour yeah. in, an hour out. But if something goes wrong, you get lost or you sprain your ankle or something, and then you've got to stay overnight, then you need that ability. So understanding the weather conditions and the environment. Secondly, understanding a bit of local knowledge of the geography. So study the area before you go. Well, find a map, right? Yeah, and know basic map reading skills. Carry a map with you and carry a paper map. Don't rely on Mm -hmm. the map on your phone because most places you're going to go out bushwalking, you're not going to get a signal anyway. and or the battery runs down. You know, um, so, and understand how to do some basic map reading, not just reading the map, but reading the environment. Orienteering. So yeah. More orienteering. courses that you could do. More courses you can do. Um, and the other one is um, carry a handheld GPS with you and spare batteries if you need to. Not the GPS is never going to get you out of somewhere, <laughs> but it's going to tell you where you are. And so if you can point on a map to exactly where you are, or even if you don't have the map, the thing I do, and I, you know, if I go out, um, yeah, particularly go out bird watching um, up in northwestern Victoria, where you're up in the Mallee, and there are no landmarks, you can be 100 metres away from the road. And if it's a, you know, during the daytime and the sun's up, obviously, you can go, oh, there's the sun, I know which way north is. And I know where I originally worked, walked and I just turn around, I'll go back the other way. But if it's suddenly cloudy and you've got no idea where the sun is and so on, you can you can get disoriented rather than lost very quickly in places with no landmarks. So what I have is a, I just carry a handheld GPS. I put a waypoint at the car and then I can turn the thing off. I don't have to have it on all the time. I'm not using it to track trails and do any of that sort of thing. I can walk two kilometres off into the bush somewhere 
And all I then do is turn the thing back on and go, oh, I need to go in that direction to get back to the car. So this Whereas, is one of those sort of old school GPSs where and it costs you a hundred bucks telling yeah. you which way things are than necessarily yeah. having a map on it. It's not a map. You, you don't need road to spend you know, the thousand dollars and, and having the stuff on your phone is all very well. But the phone, typically, unless you're going to do the preparation and download the maps to your phone and everything else with certain maps. But, yeah, using Google Maps is only useful if you've got a you know connection to a telephone network. Um, so just having that ability to navigate around yourself is going to help you. The other one is that if you're going into places where it is likely that you're not going to have any electronic access to anything, carry an EPIRB. That mm -hmm. is a, uh, it's a yeah, little device that you can carry around. And if you press the button on it for three seconds, then it'll send out a GPS message to emergency services and they'll know exactly where you are. And it is not just here I am, but it's here I am and I need to be rescued. Yeah. Now, so these are emergency personal locator um, devices beacons. or yeah. beacons. Yeah. So PLBs. Yeah. But I guess sort of, yeah, to rehash that, the New South Wales police have a um, a good guide. I think it's called Think Before You Trek. Yeah. And they, they outline these things of the four main things of taking up water, food, equipment and first aid supplies register your trip with someone so you can go to police stations, right, in the lo yep. local police station and just tell them where you're going to yeah, go. Especially or if national parks offices if you're in a yeah. national park. Especially yeah. if it's a hike that's going to be multiple days. Um, take an emergency personal locator beacon, um, yeah, and then always keep to your planned route is number four, right, so don't deviate. One of the big things they were talking about in this article that's an issue is that when you go get lost, when the SES, the search and rescue, come in and try and find you, if you're moving around constantly trying to, mm -hmm. you know, get out, every day they effectively have to reset the search because you could be in the place that they looked yesterday. Yeah, they've got to do a search over and over and over again. Yeah. So they say, they you know, stay, stay in the still. one spot. Yeah, because you'll be found faster, even though it feels yeah. like you and, won't. And if you, if in your, with your clothing, um, carry something that is bright and light. Or wear so, something that's bright yeah, and light. But, yeah, right? but even yeah. if you even if you're not wearing it, carry it with you so that if you need to wear it, it might be a jacket that you've got to put on if it gets cold. But you can and in the case of this couple uh, that we saw here, they had a bright blue jacket and they just yeah. spread it out on the ground. Well and, they bunched it together. Yeah. They've got a few things here, like a yeah. a backpack, um, it looks like a cover of something and the jacket, and they yeah. spread it out, spread them all out with rocks and put them next to one another and created an X with branches, yeah. which is a shape that is obviously not very natural. And so people would yes, see it from the sky. an obvious marker that people can see. But then, yeah, and they ended up building a shelter and just staying in the one place and waiting to be rescued. And then they were. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that, that's about it. I guess here, what have we got at the end? Uh, what to do if you get lost? Stop, don't panic. Give yourself a chance to plan wisely and make good choices. The ability to keep a clear head is probably the most powerful resource you've got. Uh, only if it's safe to do so, go to any nearby high ground to look for clues or mobile phone coverage. And then if you were you are well and truly lost and it appears you need to be rescued, there are six extremely important words of advice. Stay put and make yourself seen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, hopefully that helps if you guys go out. But I think it's just the, what is it, the five or the six Ps prep preparation prevents piss poor piss performance, poor performance. Yeah. <laughs> so just just um don't over assume your your capabilities and even me if i were to go out bush or you know to go forward driving with friends i feel like i'd need to do courses or do a bit of research because mm. I, you couldn't just throw me into the bush and having grown up in australia i'm automatically going to know what i need to do and everything i'm just as you know 
clueless as the next Aussie. Yeah, and look, I'm a reasonably experienced bushwalker. I'm no longer fit, so I've got to choose where I go. And I've turned around from places and gone, no, I've walked a <laughs> kilometre in like this and I know it's another three and I there's no way I'm going to be able to walk the three or four kilometres back out again. Just jog it. Um, and yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, and my leg's broken. Four-wheel driving as well. Yeah, I've been on tracks yeah. where I go, mm. even if I've got other people in the car, if I look at it and go, I don't have another vehicle with me, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to put myself in a situation where I'm stranded by myself. So it's a bit iffy, bit sketchy, bit dodgy, bit dodgy. Turn yes, around, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Hopefully that helps, and uh, hopefully you stay safe next time you go out in the Aussie bush. All right. See you next time. Alrighty, you mob, thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Goss. If you would like to watch the video, if you're currently listening to it and not watching it, you can do so on the Aussie English channel on YouTube. You'll be able to subscribe to that. Just search Aussie English on YouTube. And if you're watching this and not listening to it, you can check this episode out also on the Aussie English podcast, which you can find via my free Aussie English podcast application on both Android and iPhone. You can download that for free. Or you can find it via any other good podcast uh, app that you've got on your phone. Spotify, podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is. I'm your host, Pete. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a ripper of a day and I will see you next time. Peace.